Shalom and welcome. I'm Chelsea, certified mermaid, diver, and science communicator. And I'm Blake, scuba dive master, freediving instructor, and also a science communicator. <laughs> We've created the Save the Mermaids podcast to connect ocean lovers from across the seven seas who have a desire to protect our waters and learn to live in sync with nature. Save the mermaids, save the seas. Let's dive in. And now for our happy environmental news. All right. So as of September 7th, 2023, um, the Biden administration has canceled the seven remaining oil and gas leases in Alaska's Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. Yay, I That's pretty cool. That's seven is a lot. I yeah. Feel like. And imagine how much gas they were taking. If there was an oil spill in a place that's that, you know, sacred and you got to be careful. Right. Yeah. And those happen all the time. All the time. <laughs> Oil spills constantly. Yeah. So yeah, that's good news. Good news. Okay, so it's spooky time. Sure. Creeptober. I'm. It's starting to grow on me because I got some weird ones <laughs> this uh, this this holiday. Oh, I can't wait. So, do you want to go first, or do, is yours interesting? Yeah, actually, mine's kind of interesting. Okay, let's do mine first then, because it's not as interesting. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, we've already talked a lot about nudie Bronx, mm-hmm. so. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to the Nudie Bronk episode because that's what's like so weird about this one. This one is just a ghost of the Nudie Bronx called the Ghost Nudie Bronx. Hey, that's cool though. <laughs> it is also known as the Holy Grail of Nudie Bronx because they're so difficult to see. So if a photographer gets a photo of one, they're like, they've made it as a nudie photographer. Oh, that makes me want to go see one. So can we see them here? uh i don't know i can't i wrote these notes a long time ago <laughs> oh that's kind of fun i like that because then we get to relearn exactly yeah. i feel like i relearn each episode three times i do it when we're researching when we're recording and then when it comes out yes. a couple, you know like a month later same uh, okay so the ghost nudie bronc looks like a transparent bundle of strings with a um a, also a transparent body but it has an extendable hood which it uses to feed rather than like okay so imagine a nudie bronc but the only parts of the nudibranch you can see are the outlines. And those outlines are made of strings. And then imagine a nudibranch with a big old like red, what's that lady, red rider or whatever. Oh, red riding hood. Red riding hood with a red riding hood hood over them. But that's what they use to eat. So they'll just scoop it up and go floop and suck it into their hood. Ooh, like they cover it and then just suck it in yeah what? yeah cool. that's the thing that's weird about them is like their hood is what they eat with compared to a normal nudie bra and it's red no oh i said just oh, like yeah it's all it it's all completely see-through the only parts of the animal you can see are like the outlines so just type in ghost nudie bronc if you want a good look at this and we'll try to post some this week as well so to feed um it's also called a malibe that's like it's um actual name <laughs> firmly attaches itself to a kelp blade and then sweeps its raised hood downward um or to the side when food lands on the lower surface of the hood it sweeps together the two sides of the hood and its fringing tentacles lock in the prey so kind of like pulling down the drawstrings on your hoodie good yeah uh, the hood contracts to force the food into its mouth so yeah. just imagine like i don't know a chicken nugget swimming by and you're wearing a hoodie and you're a giant hoodie and the giant hoodie goes around the chicken nugget and then you pull the drawstrings and then it goes straight into your mouth <laughs> i wish i could eat like that <laughs> okay so i just pulled up pictures of this thing and it legit looks like you know those pictures of people where it's just the circulatory system mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's what it looks like it's yeah. just 
white. Though. It's, it's really creepy. creepy. And yeah. I wouldn't look at that and realize it was a nudie. Either. No, I would think it was just like a fleck of something maybe, or like a, like dead coral. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Um, let's see. They are one of the rarest, if not the rarest nudie bronx in the entire world. The sensory organs of the nudie bronx, also called the rhinophores, allow them to distinguish the chemical particle the chemical particles present in the water and more particularly smell from afar potential food sources, um, the pheromones of sexual partners or the presence of certain threats. So they rely a lot on their rhinophores um, that are really thin and spiky. And that's what makes them look like the walking spider web kind of Neat. creepy vibe. Uh, they are hermaphrodites because they're nudibronch. That means they have both male and sexual and female sexual organs and fertilization is internal. They can lay as many as 30,000 eggs. That feels like a lot. That feels like a lot. Yeah. Like we should be able to see way more of them. Yeah, <laughs> but apparently not. Um, but yeah, they're going to be in a long gelatinous ribbon. Most predators avoid, oh, like I said, they do, they like really rely on chemicals. Uh, so most predators will avoid the noxic uh, secretions of nudibranchs, but the kelp crab, their predator, is an exception. <laughs> Again, I don't... The reason they like it is because of the smell. I don't know what a kelp crab thinks is different about this, but to humans, humans love the, quote, noxious secretion. Do you want to know what it smells like to a human? I guess. Watermelon. No. <laughs> really? Yeah. So it says the noxic secretions of the Malibe, the ghost nudibranch, smell like watermelon, according to Aquarius who cleaned the Malibe exhibit. Oh my gosh. Isn't that weird? I love this. So all the other animals, except for the kelp crab, smell the watermelon in the water and they're freaked out and they'll move away. Except for the kelp crab and the humans. They're like, mm, <laughs> watermelon. Watermelon. <laughs> uh, they're known to exhibit autonomy of the ability to sacrifice certain body parts when under threat. This process varies widely across different brand nudibranch species. Uh, some nudibranchs will shed their serrata um others their tail and some will even lose entire chunks of their mantle the thick protective layer on their backs Whoa. like a whole chunk of their back once separated the body can wiggle around for extended periods of time and some will even attach themselves to the predator <laughs> so just jump off <laughs> of its body onto you and be like ah that's terrifying. um they only roam the planet for a short time. You want to know how, how short these guys live? No. Four to five months. Oh, my God. Okay, that's bad. My guess was going to be like 30 days. Yeah, it's not it's that's not long to not have, long. have your babies. So, obviously, like, you can see why it's hard for them to stick around for a long time. Uh, this unique and amazing animal is neither collected nor hunted, but its existence depends on healthy kelp forests and other seaweed beds. Sludge and other pollutants smother tiny kelp plants during their microscopic stage. As stewards of the ocean, it is crucial that people around the world properly dispose of wastes, chemicals, solvents, and paints that can harm nearshore habitats. So they eat those baby pieces of kelp, and now it's harder and harder and harder for them to find the baby pieces of kelp inside the goop. Oh no, save the ghost nudies! Save the ghost nudies! You'll never see them, but they're there. I, I want to see one so bad. <laughs> so bad. That's so cool. I want to see it eat. I know. His little hood sucking in. Chicken nugget. I know. Here at Save the Mermaids podcast, we are always looking for fun and sustainable businesses to support. And one that we absolutely love is Nudie Wear. I met the owners, Christy and Ryan, at a scuba cleanup right here on Oahu. 
They're a local sustainable clothing brand that makes activewear, swimsuits, dry bags, purses, and headbands in gorgeous wildlife inspired patterns such as the mandarin fish, nudibranch, and whale sharks. They donate 10% of each purchase to conservation efforts across the globe. Their activewear is made from recycled water bottles, and they even make beautiful jewelry out of the discarded fishing nets. Go to our website, www.mermaidconservation.com, and use the code SAVETHEMERMAIDS to receive 10% off of your purchase. And if you're on the island of Oahu, join Nudiewear for their monthly underwater cleanups. See you there! Alrighty, what did you research for this episode? Okay, so this is, um, I researched the glass sponge. Okay. And it's a lot like other sponges, but it looks like glass. Oh, I'm yeah. going to look it up as you're talking. Yeah, I do. So the hexactinolid sponge, I'm just going to call them glass because that's mm. a nightmare word. Oh, weird. Right? They're like ghost looking mm-hmm. sleeve things. Sponge. Yeah. <laughs> Um, sponges with a skeleton made of four or six pointed spicules, and that is like a structural element found in most sponges. It's like what it makes what makes them look like they do. So the meshing of most spicules serves as the sponge's skeleton and provides structural support and potentially defense against predators. Hmm. Um, glass sponges are animals commonly found in the deep, deep ocean. Their spicules are made of silica, hence their name. So silica is what makes glass for those people that might not know. Um, Silicon dioxide, also known as silica, is an oxide of silicone. Silicon, silicone? I don't know the difference. Um, Yeah. (laughs) We're not like actual scientists. We are conservationists. We are conservationists. Um, So yeah, basically, like it's found in nature as quartz. It makes glass. That's why they're called glass sponges. Yeah, they're see-through-ish. Some species of glass sponges produce extremely large spicules that fuse together in beautiful patterns to form a, quote, glass house. Um, A complex skeleton that often remains intact even after the sponge itself dies. So you can find them always. Yeah. That'd be cool to just find like a little glass yeah thingy at the bottom of the ocean and it's still glass yeah that's that's neat and it's legit glass like it's not just called yeah it because it looks like it's it, it's glass. glass yeah um so the skeleton of the glass sponge together with various chemicals provides defense against many predators nonetheless some starfish are known to feed on these creatures of the deep huh i know Weird. i want to know which starfish i didn't think to yeah. look at that i just came up with that question <laughs> Um, they're usually classified along with other sponges, um, but some researchers researchers consider them sufficiently distinct enough to deserve their own phylum. Oh. Um, some experts believe that cla- glass sponges are the longest lived animals on Earth, and these scientists tentatively estimate a maximum age of, guess, longest living. Oh, I was like, four months. <laughs> um 40 years oh my gosh no because this greenland shark is like 400 years old right oh no longer than that oh no by a lot what okay um 600 so up a a thousand multiply it a thousand fifteen thousand years no so to put that into perspective that's when humans were crossing from asia to north america oh my god like sponges alive today saw the invention of the wheel wow right 
wow but like, i did it because it's a sponge damn yeah you're not seeing anything but isn't that crazy that's cr- i was yeah i was like a sponge i just assumed a sponge wouldn't live long because mm-hmm. it's a sponge this is a special sponge wow <laughs> if, you're, if you're made of glass i guess you're yeah just what's gonna, gonna get you just a starfish going. yeah huh. and i can't imagine the deep ocean is like abundant with these starfish yeah i feel like their predators are really like low in numbers yeah yeah wow so yeah and i guess deep is about um 1480 to 2950 feet below sea level so like 900 meters down deep 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 deep. so that's why i don't know what starfish would even be down there i don't know we should research that Mm -hmm. next deep deep that could be next year's creek cover deep deep the deepest stuff Yeah. yeah Um, so they're found in all oceans of the world, although they are particularly common in the Antarctic and Northern Pacific. Mm. So, I mean, at that point, if you're that deep, I don't think temperature changes. Like, it's cold. Yeah, either way, you're cold. Yeah. Um, they are cup-shaped animals ranging from 10 to 30 centimeters or, like, 4 to 12 inches in height. Okay. Um, with sturdy skeletons made up of silica, like I said. <clears throat> The body is relatively symmetrical with a large central cavity that in many species opens to the outside through a sieve formed from the skeleton. So it's just like an open tube. Mm. Um, Some species of glass sponge are capable of fusing together to create reefs or bioherms. And they're generally pale in color, ranging from white to orange. Um, This is cute. The most famous glass sponge is commonly called the Venus flower basket. I know. And it builds its skeleton in a way that entraps a certain species of crustacean in it for life. Oh. But it's it's okay. Oh. It's cute. It's very symbiotic. Um, The symbiotic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The sponge often houses two small shrimp-like stenopodidia, a male and a female, who live out their lives inside the sponge. So the crustaceans breed, and when their offspring are teeny tiny, they escape to find a new Venus flower basket of their own. And the pair inside the basket clean it, and re- in return, the basket provides food for the crustaceans and um, through its its own waste. So you're trapped, but it's like a good trap. But with your soulmate, and, and it's your, clean. With your soulmate <laughs> in a clean glass house. And there's food all the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's not bad. No. So it is kind of weird. Like, so the animals eventually grow too large to escape the sponge. So mm-hmm. They're forced to stay put for the rest of their lives. So I don't know what that means in terms of like, can they still move around? They just can't get out of like the holes in yeah. the sponge. Or like, I picture two shrimps just like <laughs> caught up on each other. Like, we can't in the corner. <laughs> I know. So this love story may be one of the most romantic samples of Till Death Do Us Part in the animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. Not surprisingly, the Venus flower baskets have been regarded as symbols of eternal love in some Asian cultures, such as, as Japan, and are often given as wedding gifts. Oh my god! Isn't that cute? I want a glass sponge. Yeah, how do they <laughs> find them that deep? I... I don't think I want to know. Yeah, see, if you look at it, the little holes, Mm -hmm. I feel like the animal would still have a lot of space to go up and down that tube inside of the glass sponge. It's like living in a tunnel. Yeah. Oh, that's a really big crab, though. Maybe not him. He might not be able to fit. Nah, these ones are tiny. We could do probably an episode on the little crustaceans that live in them. But yeah, when the offspring are born, they're so tiny, they can escape all the holes and then they just get trapped in their own sponge. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, these sponges live attached to hard surfaces and consume small bacteria and plankton that they filter from the surrounding water. 
Um, glass sponge reefs, this is cool, ha were thought to have gone extinct about 40 million years ago, leaving behind giant fossil cliffs that stretch across parts of Spain, France, Germany, and Romania. Wow. I want to dive there. Wow. <laughs> you know? In 1987, however, a team of Canadian scientists discovered 9,000-year-old living glass sponge reefs on British Columbia's northern coast. That's so old. I know, they're so old. So to date, those are the only such reefs known to exist. Huh. Or old. Yeah. And beautiful. And I want one for a wedding gift, even though I'm already married. Yeah. <laughs> Back up. I'll okay. give you for an anniversary or something. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much for diving in with us today. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Save the Mermaids Podcast. Visit our website at www.mermaidconservation.com for all the podcast merch and our eco-friendly favorites. And don't forget to join our Facebook community, Save the Mermaids Podcast Community. This is where we will post our monthly meetups, share our favorite underwater adventures, and connect with like-minded ocean lovers all over the world. Until next time, mermaids!